All right. That was wonderful. I'm looking at these new, new foundations and new levels and new bricks going up. And it's some pretty awesome stuff there. Wonderful. All right. We're going to get into our next session. And um, I want to start. Oh, let me go Sorry. Bless you. That's got it. The freedom that God has for us. You know, like we were talking about those roots coming up, the other side of this is incredible freedom. I distinctly remember um, driving home from work one day. I was engaged to Jeremy and still going through a lot of issues because my mum had been so badly abused um, my pre-marriage counsellor said to me and she was a qualified counsellor as well and she said you know you carry all all the signs of someone who's been abused but you're telling me you never have I said no I've never been um, you know sexually or physically abused and um, and she said that's amazing she said you've literally taken on all the attributes of your mother and I had her hatred and distrust of men, uh, anything to do with, you know, intimacy, I couldn't cope. And here I was engaged, and I'd always been known as this, you know, in Kingaroy where I grew up, I'd been known for two things. The girl that always said she would never get married <laughs> and never have children. <laughs> And that was what I stood and hid behind. That was my big insecure wall because all that was too hard and too scary and in a, a world I wasn't willing to navigate. But I found myself engaged to Jeremy and thinking about all these things. And I was driving along in the car and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Anita, you have two choices. You can choose to stay in your insecurity because even though we hate our insecurities, we learn to live with them and they actually identify us after a while. And um, it's very easy to stay in that victim mentality where this is what's happened to me, as a result, I'm like this, and now this has defined me, this is who I am. And um, even though I don't necessarily like that, I'm at least comfortable because I've learned how to live like this. But freedom, Freedom, who knows what that looks like? That's scary. You know, you had a whole generation that faced this when they came out of Egypt. They hated slavery. They hated it. But when they were free, they didn't know what to do with the freedom. Because I've only ever been told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And, and this is uncomfortable because I'm not used to this. But you're free. Yeah, but I don't like it. And they kept saying, we should go back, we should go back. So I'm driving along the car and God says to me, Anita, you can choose. You can stay in your insecurities or you can embrace freedom. Ooh. 
Then I'd have to eat humble pie. All those people I said I'd never get married, that say, wah, ha, ha, you know. Ah, oh, who, who would I be? What would it look like? How would people know me now? I've only been known one way. I, I don't know. I, what is my identity without my insecurities? And, and so in that moment, I, I took a deep breath and made a really brave decision. I said, God, I choose freedom. And I allowed him to completely heal me. So that on our wedding night, I did not have all this stuff already undermining our marriage from the start. God was able to completely deliver me. It wasn't a long journey either. It was one thing that my counsellor said to me. I was telling her all these things that I thought, which my mother had thought and had continued on into my thinking. And she said, hmm, the only problem is they are ungodly beliefs. Now, if there's anything I wanted in my life, it was to be godly. So God knew exactly what word to give her. And when she said that, I can't be ungodly. But see, all the lies I believed, they were ungodly beliefs. So to embrace freedom meant to embrace what God said about marriage, what God said about intimacy, what God said about everything that had been my insecurity, what God said about children. I had to embrace his concepts. And it was completely liberating. Sorry, I've got a, another slide I want to show you. Okay, so Song of Solomon 2.15 says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. You know, look at their cute face. <laughs> oh. I mean, how could you get mad at that? <laughs> until you see the damage it's done. Well, I developed a dislike for foxes about a year ago when a neighbour of mine rang Jacqueline to say they'd seen a fox in our yard near my chicken pen. I love my chickens. They're my chickens and my babies. And um, I'm like, right. Well, at first, I actually didn't believe it because we went there and I'm like, I'm in town. Foxes don't come in town. <laughs> Until one morning I woke up and I hear all my lovely little ladies, all four of them, deciding to make a huge ruckus at the same time. Oh, they're going crazy. And I look out the window and what streets by but a fox? I tell you what, I've never run down the stairs so fast. Out the door. Chickens! <laughs> I think I have never seen it again. I think it took one look at this wild woman and just went. <laughs> Whatever that is, I want no part of it. I mean, far out. Still in my pajamas, don't know what the neighbours thought, but <sighs> well I decided I didn't like foxes. Now you know most of the stories that you read about foxes. What is the underlying characteristic? If you had to say, you know, a, a dog would say royal, right? A camel, mm, you know, how we'd describe that. A llama, spit. But um, how would we describe a fox? What's the word? Sly. Sly. Sneaky. 
cunning, evil. Oh, I you. Hungry. Yes, I found out how much they can eat in one day from a little thing. It's astronomical. All right, foxes are sly. And this is what God wants to awaken us to today, the deceptions of the enemy. Foxes are sly. You don't see them coming. It's stealth mode. I'll just sneak the leg of that chicken and run. Stealth mode. Thankfully, I still have all four chickens present and accountable. But the little foxes, what does that represent in our lives? I believe it's the mindsets. The things that we haven't thought are a problem. Like, um, you know, that's not an issue. You know what? You find out what you really believe when you're in a really hard place. When you've got a child burning up with a temperature, you find out what your theology is because you go back to default mode. Whenever you're in a crisis... Even if you now know that that is not the truth, if you used to think that way for a long time and you're put under pressure, it's really easy to go back to default setting and say, this is how I react in this situation. These are the little foxes that want to spoil the new life, the new fruit that God has planted, the harvest, ultimately, that he wants to bring. Now, you know those those tall, skinny-looking birds called plovers. How many of, how many like plovers? Just wondering. You do? Okay. I don't like them in nesting season. <laughs> they look beautiful. I like you, bird. But I have had one take many dives at me. The only way I could stop it, because I was down the bottom of the hill, I didn't know its nest was there. And um, and two of them, obviously guarding the nest, and I had to go up this massive hill. And it was all out in the open, so I had no way to protect myself. My sister was with me, and she was screaming because she's afraid of birds. And, and this thing's coming at me, I mean, right between the eyes. So the only thing I could think to do was I went, poof, and I <laughs> It was either that or that sharp beak was about to split me open. So, <sighs> punch, run, tell me I come again. Line up with obviously, and run. Oh, I have a healthy respect for those birds now, I can tell you. Can I tell you, God wants to bring out the plover in you. All right. He doesn't want you to see the enemy and cower. He wants you to go, you're trying to touch my things. Ah, this is my crop. This is my harvest. This is what God has given to me. Right. You're, you're going to get it. We are called to be women of valor. Let's look at what valor means. Great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. Do you see why God wanted to get rid of some of this stuff? Because you can't be hanging on to all this when you're facing a battle. What do the soldiers take to battle? The very bare minimum. They don't have a lot of baggage, but they do have a lot of weapons. 
and they're highly trained. And this is what I believe the Lord wants to bring us into. We've got to just let go of this stuff. Every one of these boxes is empty. Do you know when you are in some of this stuff, it feels so heavy and it's all a lie, like the sly fox. You could never be free of that. Oh, that would take months for you to get over. This is going to be a year, two, five, ten year journey. You're going to be on this for such a long time. Did you see how fast those boxes fell when Sue decided she was getting rid of them? They had no power. There's a song and one of the uh, choruses or verses goes like the, the verse actually it talks about praising the Lord and it says this praise the Lord um, for the chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you that they drop powerless behind you when you praise him Amen. when we think this chain is unbreakable it's painted it's paper it looks like metal oh Hopefully the people I bought this from never hear this story. But I have got to tell you, we just bought a new fan. And I saw it in the store. It's more than I've paid for a fan in a long time, but it has power. You turn this thing on and your hair goes... <laughs> and it's like, yes! And I said, no, I don't want that plastic one. I want that beautiful chrome, you know, solid metal, stainless steel looking one. I'll give me that one. Well, I got it home. I'm all excited. I get it out of the box. What is that? Painted plastic. No. <laughs> it was painted silver. Oh. And, and, and the shiny went the moment I put my fingerprint on it. I was like, I've been ripped off. <laughs> and I'd bought two of them. <laughs> so I put one together and I took the other one back and the man said, what's wrong? I said, this isn't what I thought. I mean, I didn't actually touch it in the store. I saw it, but, but it looked so shiny. It looked just like metal, and I thought I was buying metal. He said, oh, no. No, the only one we have in metal is this one over here, and it was like, Whoa. yeah, I couldn't justify that one. Um, so I said, give me the plastic. I said, one minute. I went over to the plastic one, and I went all over it, and at least it was, some, you know, that really tough, solid plastic because this one, I mean, this one's so flimsy. If you too, if you if you tighten it just a little bit too much, the whole thing cracks. It's like what little kids' toys are made out of today. So I was really disappointed. All right, so something can masquerade as strong, and this is what Satan is really good at. He's good at painting things over and making them look a certain way, just like a shadow on the wall. Oh, look how big and scary I am. Well, you get that light just right and you can make a little mouse look big and scary. <laughs> but it hasn't changed the reality of it. And this is what Satan does. He wants us to be deceived by his attempts against us. But a woman of valour has great courage in the face of danger, especially in battle. Great courage, not just talking about it, but in actuality. How can we have great courage in the face of danger 
except that we've first gone on a journey of trust. I'm so thankful God has been taking me on a journey of trust because knowing some of the things that we may have to face as a free country in the near future, we need every one of those solid roots into God that we've got. And I believe today is coming about because God wants to empower you for what is just ahead so that you can stand and not cower, stand. Just like my dream, I am a daughter of God. Look out. Stand back. This one's really interesting. You are confined only by the walls you build yourself. But they did this and he did that and they said this and they Do you know what's interesting about offence? Is no one can actually offend you unless you choose to be offended. I mean, sometimes it's an easier choice than others. <laughs> you know, as human beings, we're pretty good at hurting each other. But I can choose my response. And that wall that seemed impenetrable is actually made of air. It's all the devil's hot air lies. I want to show you how to get through your walls today. And we're going to start with this verse in 1 Peter 5, 6 to 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. This has been one of my favourite verses. But I used to just quote verse 7. Casting all your care upon him. I loved that verse. You know, I can visualise casting it all on him. I'm not very good at throwing, but thank goodness God's good at catching Casting all our cares upon him. But you know, the secret to that is actually the first part of the verse. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Once we're humble, and, and, and this is something Sue and I were gathered together again, going through stuff for today, and we were praying, and the Lord just spoke to me. Um, areas of my life where I've been saying, help me, help me. And he said, let me. Because when you're saying, help my flesh, just put it away. <laughs> what did Paul say? We keep it dead. Don't bring out the old man anymore. All right? Keep it crucified with Christ. You don't want it. It's only going to drag you down. So that was like a huge revelation for me. I'm saying, help me, help me to do this, help me to do that. And God's going, no, let me, let me do it. Wow, that is humility. Not that I have to have all the answers, I have to have it all together, or I have to know what to do. I just have to know how to run to the one who does. Humble yourself. Now, it doesn't just say humble yourself before God. Can, can you tell me what that next word is? Humble yourselves under. Well, that goes against human nature. 
No one's going to lord it over me. No one's going to have it over me. I am my own boss. But I'm pretty convinced that every woman in this room has already made the decision that they're not the boss of their own life. They've put someone else in that word, Lord, and someone else is seated on the throne of your heart. So we come under, it doesn't just say the hand of God, the mighty hand of God. This is actually a battle scripture. It's telling us if we come under God's hand, we're coming under his might. Now, I have seen the hand of God at work. And when the hand of God moves, there isn't anything in this earth, anything in the heavenly realms, anything under the earth that can stop him moving. When he moves his hand, his mighty hand, there is no stopping him. And so he's saying, don't try and do it on your own. Come underneath my protection, underneath my mighty hand. Cast all your cares on me and watch what I will do for you. If you want to turn to First Peter there, it also gives us, goes on to gives up, give us more instructions here. So 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. We've read. We're going to go on to verse 8. I can find it. 6. I'm just going to change my version. Okay. Right, so I'm picking up in verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I want to point out something again when I was talking about the fox, the sly, the sneaky, the deception. It doesn't say he walks about and is a roaring lion. He's like one because the true roaring lion is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is a counterfeit, but if he can get you to believe his roar, then he's one. You see, he's seeking whom he may devour. The truth is he can't devour you unless you believe him. So it then goes on to say, resist him steadfast in the faith. Well, who's our faith in? Not our ability. We've just cast all our care on the Lord. We've just submitted ourselves under his mighty hand. So our faith is in him, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, I want to point something out here. I don't know how many times Satan has tried to use this sneaky one on me, and maybe you've experienced this too. You're the only one going through this. No one else knows what it's like to do what I'm doing. He likes to make us think we are such a victim that no one else has ever gone through what we've gone through. But it says here, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. He uses the same tricks on all of us. And not only that, he likes to make us think that... Oh, why is this always happening to me? Why can't someone else get 
their share of it. Why do I have such a heavy load? Has anyone ever felt like that? Like it doesn't get handed out equally? <laughs> some people get only a few trials and some people get a lot. And that may be the case. But there's a but next, you see, in verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Wow. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So this tells me that God takes the sufferings and the attacks and the threats and all the things that Satan throws against us. And he says, excellent, I'm going to use that to establish you and perfect you and settle you. And hang on a minute, Satan's plan was to, as Sue pointed out, kill, steal and destroy, but God takes that when we're under his mighty hand and he uses it for our benefit. Wow, that is amazing. Look at these words. After you have suffered a little while, God in all his grace will restore you and make you strong and firm, steadfast, immovable, unaffected by the storms. That is where he wants to bring us. It is well worth tearing down the walls, the faulty foundations. Okay. This scripture has been key for me for quite a few years. James 3.17, if you want to go there, because I'm going to read more than just the one verse. So James 3. Um, and we're going to actually start at verse 13. Let me know when you've got it. Say, got it. Got it. Oh. These are very quick. Okay, James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, here's those words coming out again that Sue was talking about, and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. We, wow. We wonder why we're not having a breakthrough. Why am I being so oppressed? Why have I got all this dark stuff going on? Look where it says this demonic comes from, from our earthly wisdom. Oh, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Who would think that self-seeking would bring such a terrible fate? Every evil thing are there. But, verse 17, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. 
Okay, the wisdom that is from above. The amount of times I've had circumstances, I have no idea how to deal with it. Particularly involving other people. And I don't know what to do. This verse comes to me. Godly wisdom is pure. It comes from a pure motivation. That usually means trying to see it from the other person's perspective. Not just looking at it from your own point of view. Peaceable. Gentle. You know, just because we have the ability to go all guns blazing at someone doesn't mean we should. Wisdom is gentle. We had an occasion um, when we were at the church in Karoi. The pastor decided to do a discipleship thing like what Jesus had done. So he selected 12 people from the church that he wanted to really invest in and raise up, like 12 disciples. And um, my husband and I happened to be one of those 12. And we're sitting at this table, we're having fellowship. And different things start to get raised around the table. Well, one man said very strongly that he felt there was an issue that needed to be addressed in the church. People were getting up and making themselves tea and coffee and having a biscuit down the back of the church at the end of the service while there was still ministry happening at the front of the altar. And this man was absolutely mortified. He said, it is quenching the Holy Spirit. People are having cups of tea and coffee while other people are being prayed for. And discussion broke out. Well, Another gentleman sitting opposite him, very quietly, just said when there was a pause in the conversation, I got saved over tea and a biggie. <laughs> it just shut it down. How do you know that God isn't ministering over the tea and biscuits just as well as at the altar? Little foxes. Little mindsets. God is only in the room. If we have an atmosphere so big, we can feel it. But he's also in the still, small voice. The, don't do that. Oh, wait, as Sue said. You know the times when, when I have done that, when God has said, no, don't say anything. Are you sure? <laughs> Is there a second opinion up there? Um, don't say anything. <sighs> okay. There's been times I've been so glad I listened because I only knew part of the story. And then when we've actually had a moment to talk and I hear the full story, I would have made such a fool of myself if I had said something at that point. So we need to listen. The wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle. That gentle word. I got saved over tea and biggies. Loved it. Willing to yield. Now, you see in the wild all the time, particularly with horned animals, you know how they go in, the males go in against each other, and they lock heads, and they've locked horns, and it's who's the strongest? And I don't know why our human nature is... You know, I'm going to feel great if I conquer this other person. <laughs> doesn't matter if they're bleeding and injured, you know, but we're just 
going in to see who's the alpha here. But this says wisdom is willing to yield. Now this is not talking about your convictions. This is, this is like saying, is this battle worth fighting? Because there's some things, or even willing to yield can be admitting you were wrong. And that's kind of liberating sometimes to say, hey, I got it wrong. I'm really sorry. I misunderstood. I had my own blinkers on. I was in the wrong. This is actually how to be a valiant woman of God, full of his wisdom, full of mercy. <sighs> now, someone was being a little bit rough on me the other day and I thought, oh, I just wanted to say back to them, but you have, you know, it's like one of those situations where someone's telling you something to do. Like if I said to Sandy, hey, I'm sorry, but you've got something between your front teeth. And I smile at her and I've got stuff between all my teeth, you know, and she's like, well, thanks for that. But uh, it was one of those moments where it was like, well, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. But <laughs> all right. And in that moment, God just said to me, full of mercy. Have mercy on them. How do you know what they've been going through? How do you know what's brought them to that point? I don't. Mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. I love that. All right. I like it. Busting out of our walls and becoming free. Becoming free. It's what Jesus wants for us. Okay. Um, I will finish with 2 Corinthians, so if you can turn there. Chapter 10, please. And then we're going to have lunch. Anyone actually hungry again yet? You got an appetite? Because <laughs> we got a lot of food to eat. <laughs> so 2 Corinthians 10, and we're going to have a look at verse 3 to 5. All right. Okay, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now, I'm going to read this out in the Amplified. Uh, verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Isn't that cool? This is what we're actually fighting against. These fortresses are what are keeping us from what God wants us to do. So he's given us weapons divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up 
against the true knowledge of God. Sophisticated arguments. The world will tell you, but you have rights. Don't back down. Don't give in. You need to stand up for yourself. What if, what's better? If I'm at work and someone comes and, you know, is having a go at me and I stand up for myself. Or that someone's having a go, for, go at me and the principal is watching on the screen in the next room, the video feed, and he comes out and stands up for me. What do you think is going to have more impact? The latter, right? Because that person is afraid because that principal can say, you're out of a job. They have more power than I do. And this is what God is saying. If we take on his attributes, if we let him fight our battles, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is just knowing who the stronger one is. You know that little smile? It's like, <laughs> say whatever you want. <laughs> you don't actually have to deal with me. See behind that, that screen over there? <laughs> That's my dad. <laughs> And then the, the machine gun nozzle comes out from behind the corner. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Hey, this is what it's like. We have someone fighting for us. Oh, so good. Take every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought and every purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. That's how we rebuild the walls with wisdom, the pattern that we see in the Bible there. All right, we're going to finish with a worship song. This one I want you to stand up for because it talks about that name above every name, the name of Jesus, the, the God who's fighting for us, who will take care of us. And then it goes to say, break every chain. You don't need to worry, Sue. I've got it on my PowerPoint. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So let's worship the Lord and let those walls come down and the right ones come up. I will just get the volume.
I want you to come and grab a piece of paper, use your pen, write on it one thing that used to define you that has been a lie, a sneaky lie from that fox of Satan. And we are going to do a very empowering thing. We are going to rip it up because that is how little effect it's going to have on you from this day forward in Jesus' name, all right? Come grab some paper or grab one out of your notebooks and... Um, what has it that has defined you? What has been that insecurity, that thing that has held you, that has made people, you know, view you a certain way? This is the moment that God's saying, this has got to go. My girls need to be set free because there is a world to reach. Do you know in one version of the Bible it talks about in the last days that his word would go forth and it says great would be the women who would publish it who would carry it. So God is wanting to, in this last day's generation, empower his girls. And so we're going to write down the lies, the sneaky things that we have been known by, defined by, or perhaps in the back of our minds we still believe about ourselves. And um, we're going to rip it up. <laughs> can hardly wait. <laughs> I'm going to get a piece of paper. Sorry, I started writing and I went, ooh, I got more than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I got more than one word. I got, I got four lines <laughs> happening. That's okay, I'm very happy to get rid of all of these. All right, let's stand up and let's have a ripping, roaring time. <laughs> and this is your moment. So I'm going to play that song again. I'm not going to play it all the way through, but it can play while we're doing this. You can tell your enemy whatever you need to in this moment, even if it's just the name of Jesus. He hates hearing that name. <laughs> but this is your moment to just stand up and say, I will not be defined by this anymore. I will not be held by this anymore. I will not be taken captive by these lies and deceptions anymore. I am free. I am a daughter of God. He has set me free. Amen? Yeah. So let me go back. It'll let me. Oh, 
Oh, give him all the glory, hey? Amen. I'm going to bless the food. When you're ready, wander around, have some lunch. The wraps are gluten-free. The sandwiches are not, but take your time. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you we've been feasting on you. Thank you we can go out and have some physical food. We pray you bless it to our bodies. And I thank you, Lord, for the chains that have fallen in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.